Hello and welcome to Revenue Champions with me, Ryan Reiser. Today, we're gonna to dive into the five pillars of Outbound. These are five areas which you can optimize to boost your sales success. We'll also be touching on a few modern sales trends and discussing how sales leaders can keep up to date in an ever-evolving world. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. All right, welcome to Revenue Champions. David, I'm really excited to have you on here to talk about uh, Outbound. Could you kick us off by telling our listeners uh, who you are, a little bit about your role at Cognizant and the revenue team? Yeah, for sure. So um, really good to, to be on. I'm David Bentham. I look, I'm the Director of Sales Development at Cognizant and I manage the SDR function for the, for the UK, which comprises of right now we've got um, about 30, 33 SDRs. And I've just been told I need to hire 25 more in two months. So um, yeah, we've got a lot on. That's not that, that's not too hard these days, right? It's like, uh, there's so many on the market and no one else is hiring at this stage either, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I got told recently that there was a thousand, there's over a thousand SDR roles available in London in, court, uh, in terms of jobs postings. Um, so it's a pretty competitive market right now. So yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a challenge. Well, hopefully uh, today's episode, we can get a few folks to listen in and, and come in. So uh, that's amazing. And uh, I didn't realize the team was already so big and growing. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your personal journey? How did you get to this position? Yeah, so um, I always wanted to be in uh, finance. I thought that that was where, oh, well, as a kid, I wanted to be a millionaire. That was my my main aim. Um, so I, I was pretty good at maths and I went into economics at, at university thinking I'll just go and be a banker because that was that's where you go and make money. And ended up in Australia um, as a backpacker straight after uni. And um, it's really common out there too that there's these kind of like pyramid schemey door-to-door commission-only sales jobs. And the way that those commissions-only uh, sales jobs works is there's usually a couple of people that are really good at it and, and um, kind of earn a lot of money. And then, and then everybody else, like, yeah, just aspires, I suppose, like wants to push up to be them. And fortunately, I kind of took to it like a, took to it very, very quickly. As I say, that money motivation just really drove me quite hard and did that for two and a half years. Um, ended up um, managing like a quite a big door-to-door team out there at, at 22 um, and then returned back to the UK kind of just you know B2C door-to-door sales was definitely not going to be my life I knew that the money was going to be in B2B um, so made the switch over to being SDR and very very fortunately Cognizant saw my my experience and really you know looked to move me through the ranks very quickly to, to, to manage the team. So yeah, and, and we've really grown it since then. Joined the team when there was five SDRs. We must be at close to, I think it's like 50 globally at this point. So um, yeah, it's been a journey. So the uh, the door-to-door job in Australia, uh, <laughs> the pyramids, what, was, what, 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 were you, uh, what were you selling door-to-door at the time? Uh, one of my best uh, one of my best reps of all times came from one of those in San Francisco. Um, they were doing uh, AT&T U-verse, uh, which is like mm. the, 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 fa- the fastest new internet at the time. But uh, what was the uh, what was the product you were pushing there? Yeah, so it wasn't, I, I have to say, and in, in defense, 
um, I was very lucky to not be part of too much of a, it wasn't a pyramid scheme, but um, you know, generally these, that's what the backpackers get into. But yeah, I work for a company called HelloFresh. Yeah, you probably heard of them. They're a um, food that it's um, a recipe kit meal box subscription. Okay. So, so they um, have boots on the ground door to door cheaper than uh, digital acquisition in Australia. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I think they had it all right. Like, like every great company, it's uh, really going for a multi-channel approach. And um, yeah, certainly door to door was one of, one of their approaches. Hey, I like it. Uh, it's about the formula. And we're going to talk about that today, right? Outbound. Uh, that's one. <laughs> Door to door is one channel, even in B two B. That uh, without the COVID stuff, uh, is actually still a pretty powerful channel. Uh, believe it or not, one of my clients, uh, he does commercial real estate, and their number one channel for outbound right now is the phone. Uh, when they call people who pick up the phone, it's their highest producing channel. Their second best channel, believe it or not, is the good old fashioned door to door. So if they uh, set up a meeting they then do the old school t-stop you know i'm meeting here but let's just go see you know who's across the way who's across the way makes sense they do commercial real estate they're already in a building but uh Mm -hmm. i just find that fascinating um that uh, that is the second most uh productive channel for them outside of uh of cold calling is uh good old-fashioned cold calling the, the door knock so Exactly. Yeah. It's like, no, it's a really, it was a really good start to my career. It taught me a lot, um, very, very quickly in terms of just, you know, how to, how to read people's body languages, um, you know, like really just everything about tone and, and, but also, I mean, yeah, I've got some stories that are probably not suitable for this, this in terms of like the way people reacted to me knocking on their door at, at nine o'clock in the evening, um, when, when I was desperate to make an extra self to, to kind of, you know, get us across the line for the day. So, yeah, it's uh, if there's one thing it taught me is resilience in abundance uh, because you'd see these people face to face. It's very different, different getting shouted at face to face than someone just hanging up on you. I'll, I'll tell you that. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun though. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like that could be a uh, a fun training exercise for your new SDRs. Hey, we're gonna go do some cold calling today, and uh, okay, you got your you got your coat. We're going door to door, not uh, not picking up the phone. <laughs> kind of like math, right? You know, when you're learning math uh, early on in your life you you have to write it all out on the paper and you know you got these long formulas and then all of a sudden the teacher pulls out a calculator and you're like oh you just push these two buttons i <laughs> uh, love it so uh we've been talking a lot about um sdr and the folks that have really fallen in love with it versus maybe um uh going full cycle or into sales leadership what, what do you love about the sdr function and being in the front lines uh Obviously, outside of maybe being able to get screamed at over the phone versus in person. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great. I mean, um, so for me personally, my in my particular role in terms of managing the team, um, I, I really like, we work with a lot of people that are starting out of their careers. Um, they're fresh out of college, university. It is, you know, I know it sounds like such a cliche, but it is incredibly rewarding to be able to to see them progress over even the space of a year into um you know and i often describe it as the team but i truly believe it is like life-changing um like a life-changing role like an ae role or an am role um, we have a very unique culture here at cognizant that like we really really invest in internal promotions and everybody based in the london h uh, hq in, in a closing role started an sdr role first so 
um yeah we're really proud of that fact and and that that for me is so rewarding um but also like i've really been enjoying over the past three years of being on it seeing how the str um landscape has changed and it is it's constantly changing i think i think you know it, we're talking about door to door and joking about kind of like it's old school nature well you know even the, in the past three years i actually think that kind of that old school like pound the phones like all day every day 150 calls a day like isn't necessarily like the way that, that you know three years later the, the necessarily the best practice um for us as an sdr team and the, the amount of tools and, and different options that we have to support the team is 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 unbelievable now um so and like has again changed so much so yeah it's, it's just been really cool to, to see that progression yeah i mean the, the it seems to me like I don't know, it's just going by like a big blur, but you, know, you talk about three years in, in this world that we live in with the advancements of technology, um, especially now with more and more buyers becoming digital. Uh, this digital transformation has happened so quickly that um, like every quarter, there's, there's something that can dra drastically uh, shift the mindset of what success used to look like versus what it can look like. And of course, that definitely depends on who you're selling to. Uh, certainly in our world where we, we speak with a lot of marketing and sales leadership, uh, you know, some, something like Cognizant, that's, that's most of the folks you're going to have with, you got to be on top of the latest innovations. And I think that translates really nicely into uh, what we wanted to talk about today, which is, um, you know, over here at Cognizant, we're talking about the five pillars of outbound um, in 2022, you can, you know, outbound still works really well if you do it right. But there's a couple of things that we uh, we focus on, and I want to run through these with you and get your take on this today. Um, so the first one is, you know, how do you how do you um, like what are the big differences? And, and I think the number one thing becomes, hey, with all this data, uh, most people being digital, you can basically hand select the accounts and the people with pretty great precision. But how do you ensure your targeting is is laser focused for your team, especially with so many and growing? Yeah, sure. Um, so I suppose there's a few different elements to it um, for us. I think I think the first step um, in, in getting that um, in being very focused is is storing the data. Um, I know it sounds really obvious, but gathering and storing the data in the first place is is, is so important. I think if if there's any anybody that is is um, just starting out on their sales. Uh, starting a sales team, for example, investing in uh, the time into, um, you know, your CRM and making sure that like every, everything you're doing, you're not just capturing, you know, a, a name and a phone number or a job title, like you're, you're trying to gather as much information as you physically can and, um, on, on each uh, person and, and company that you're, you're reaching out to. Um, because then once you've, you've gathered the, the right um, data points on, on organizations, that's when you can um, really analyze like where success is coming from we do it like you know every I mean to be honest like every day we're or um, certainly every month we're um, really analyzing where we're having success in terms of the companies that we're going after like is there any new trends that we're seeing um, like is there kind of just anything that is is telling us that, that this is a really great company for for us to go after in an absolutely ideal world and, and something that, that we're fortunate enough to have here, you, you kind of almost want to automate some account scoring in your CRM as the absolute best case where you can actually apply those trends or you, or you can recognize those trends and algorithmically 
apply like a score to each each company that you have uh, available to you so that that kind of it's very easy to identify like which ones are the, are the best and the worst so yeah that's i mean that's kind of the, the the first steps on your way and then and then i think from there it's you know just making sure that the whole sales team is aligned on on what is you know educating the sales team on on what is working and what isn't working from a um, targeting perspective you know maybe your maybe your account scoring has gone a bit awry and um having you know that that human element and, and people really understanding that across the sales organization is, is going to be really important I, I think as long as you've got kind of all those things but it, it really does all go back to investing the time and storing the data or capturing the data in the first place followed by um analyzing the data on you know very very consistently um because things change things evolve very quickly and you're pulling out my my heartstrings uh, you know i always say the list the list is the strategy and that's what we're talking about here is uh, being super clear on who is a good fit person for our organization to be spending time with and who might not be. And I love the fact that you still brought in the human element here because with all these technologies, we can't forget about that. Um, just because something surfaces as a uh, potential um, ideal fit because the AI recognized something, we still have to have that human oversight. We see it quite often in um, research. Uh, nothing can be perfect with computers yet. That human oversight of really truly understanding by just looking at a website or looking at a profile before you even send an email or make the call can go a long way, right? You see a lot of organizations that focus so much on activity. And so the reps will just take it and call it. And you know, you look into the CRM and you're like, you've called this account like 13 times and have you even looked at their website? Or have you looked at their profile uh, in, in a lot of cases where it's like they haven't been at the company? You know, it's, it just blows my mind how that happens. Um, I mean, some of that is a leadership piece. Some of it's a data ops piece. But at the end of the day, reps have to take ownership of some of this too. And I think that translates well into, you know, my next question here is, and love to hear your insight here because of your, your experience with the, uh, the real cold call and the door-to-door -door stuff. But how are you preparing your team to actually get ready to make outbound calls? It seems like it's a, it's a, it's like one of the questions I get so often is, you know, how do I, how do I get rid of my call reluctance from my team? How do I motivate my team to make calls? I'm just curious your thoughts with the, with the experience you have as well. Yeah, so um, like train, everything's in training. So um, I will, I, you know, I'll refer back to the door-to-door -door days because it's, it's, it's kind of where I learned learned this um every single morning without failure we had we had a rule right that every single morning we had training before we went out and, and hit the doors for every single person on the team um the only people that can miss it is people that made more than three sales the day before so it was like a little reward that you didn't have to come in quite as early you could have a lion and then you could you, you you could you could go afterwards but you know the majority of the team were always in every single morning and we were just training on different topics and and it it almost became rhythmic. It was, you know, we had about maybe like 10 different major topics that we could we could train on. And so it was just this two week motion of we just keep rinsing and repeating the same topics because, you know, you really want to make sure that it's ingrained um, that training and coaching is absolutely ingrained into the team. And I just don't think, to, you know, like I'll, I'll be honest from from my experience and, and speaking to, um, you know, I speak to STRs all the time in, in hiring processes that have been at other organizations. I just don't think people are training enough. At Cognizant, we don't do it every day. 
but it has translated to we we do three training sessions a week at least team training sessions um we do a role play every single monday so you know we get people to 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 sit and role play different scenarios and we have a team call review where we listen you know we we get people to go away and listen to a particular call and then we come back and we speak and analyze that call together as a team and then we have like a separate training uh, session which could be i mean it could be on a range of things we could be talking about you know closing technique openers uh, we could be talking about objection handling but also we could be t- we could be training on specific elements of the product that we we believe like that uh, the team becoming experts in uh, would Im- would improve so yeah I, I don't i'm not sure whether the question was was related to related to like what they should research before but but you know in a very literal sense i think you're going to remove call reluctance very quickly if people have confidence in 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 what they're doing and and certainly training is is the key to to that i don't think it's done enough yeah, I mean, this is just about being prepared. Uh, sometimes folks are like, "Well, let's let's make sure they research and know know what to say to that individual." But I, I like the idea that you invest so heavily in just um, this re-education, relearning, and, and making that a part of the culture. What what do you see a lot of times is that you go through this onboarding, you go through this, you know, maybe training boot camp, uh, and then reps are provided a list and a phone, and you know, you're off to the races and. I mean, sometimes now there's even more technology, but not a lot of revisiting of, of some of those basics. And the reality is, especially for cold calling, I mean, I make, I make a lot of cold calls. Um, I cold call live and every scenario is, is different. You know, uh, as much as you want to be prepared, I don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. I, I have no idea how I'm reaching you in terms of, um, you know, what's going on in your world, all sorts of factors that are so difficult to perfect. And um, being able to actually get prepared before you you get started is is a really good practice. Um, you know, what I'll do is, is these call blitzes with uh, teams and we just do this rapid fire. It's not like a role play where you go through it and we talk. It's it's like it's like a hang up, a hang up, a hang up. But I just go 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 go. So it's like you got ten at bats right away, and it's all right. Let's get on the phone. And in that rapid succession, it's kind of like uh, your warm up. You know, if you're an athlete or something like that before you get in, and it goes a long way to to be prepared for those like realistic kind of quick. I don't even know what I'm supposed to say moments, which take you some time to get going. And it sounds like you're also bringing in call recordings and um, and uh, having groups talk through that. In, and then you mentioned some closing tactics ex- as well, and then product training. H- how important do you think that is in the, in the SDR function uh, to, to understand, you know, how specific product features might be winning or losing? Because this, this is a topic I'm always curious to hear uh, about versus, um, you know, leaving that for the, the AE or or someone, uh, and even the solutions architect team in some organizations? Yeah, so um, it's a really good question. So we try and balance it because certainly when you have a brand new SDR you, you, who's straight off the bat, you, you don't want to kind of teach them everything about a really complicated solution and then get, you know, it'll, it, you're, you're in danger of um, making them freeze under pressure, right? Because there's just so much information for them to think of. But certainly, you know, when you're for, for me really when i've got an sdr that's got to maybe kind of the four five six month p- 
part, I, I'm I'm certainly less afraid of starting to really educate them on on maybe the the, the more specific details of the product um, as opposed to thinking um, just about the value. Because I'm hoping by that stage, certainly like um, the way that we train them, I, I'm I'm fairly confident that they understand um, that you know although their role, you know, I don't want them to be selling just the features of the product at all. I want them to continue to 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 um, to talk about the values of the of the product but at the same time if they get asked the questions and it happens right so um a big question that we get asked a lot is, is around gdpr which is kind of a legal topic and and that's you know you you have to really have good knowledge of of uh of that to to speak on it um maybe the yeah four five months six month part like we're going to get asked that question i'm going to teach the the, the team like at that stage um so that they have a really good understanding um because you know across selling is all about trust right it's it's about convincing people and and you convince people based on the fact that they trust what you're saying is is correct and accurate so if we can build trust by by everybody in the team including the sdr organization um being experts in 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 our product then that that's fantastic for me uh but it is a balance it's it's you know like you yeah you don't want to um you want to you want to teach them the extra bits later on down the line as they come up, situational, situational uh, learning, right? Uh, I, I love that. Uh, and so we're talking a lot about the idea that not everyone is cut from the same cloth. And there's this concept that there's, there's personalities across the organization. How do you encourage your team to express uh, you know, who they are in the overall approach? Uh, have you specialized specific members for specific outreach or is there, in going back to this training, is there some encouragement around, hey, this may be your strength, but also there's these other things. I'm just curious to hear your your approach to this. Yeah, sure. This is a really difficult one, actually, um, because you want to, generally you want people to f- uh, follow like a really clear process. You're in danger of having massive performance gaps. You don't want to have just a bunch of superheroes, siloed superheroes that kind of like, um, you know, are just doing what they want and or not doing what they want, but they're, they're doing something that nobody else is doing. And, and it's just effective for them because you, you know, how do you create a scalable, um, yeah, scalable process, but you do want to give people the freedom, right? You, you need to, to sell, you need people to be authentic. So what we try and do is, um, so certainly the way we set up our cadences is, um, is we have a lot of personalization in there. Um, and we really promote that the team be creative and do things to break through the noise. Um, I've already spoken about the level of education that we, or the amount of time that we invest in just educating the, the team every single week, right? I, I promise every single one of um, my sales development team that they're going to get three hours worth of training every single week wow. um, from us. And um, I think that making sure that they're educated, like giving them the, so what I'm trying, I suppose what I'm effectively trying to do is give them the um, the framework and uh the education and then i'm hoping that that like within that framework they they can you know they've got enough room to show their their personalities i think one thing we do as well especially when when people first start is um we don't just give them one script we give them kind of like a few different options for scripts and it's really to show you know most people go with one script in the end but it's really to show the different approaches that we've seen success with over the years um and uh and say that there's you know there's not always going to be like one size fits all 
Um, I, I actually, you know, and one of the things that we've recently switched from, we used to have like call activity targets. It's all, it's all like, you know, you've got to make 60 calls a day, 60 calls a day, 60 calls a day. And we've now switched that to just activity targets in general. And so within that, like if you're a really good email, you know, we've got people that are fantastic emailers. They are, they're just, you know, that's, that's their forte. Um, obviously we have fantastic callers. We have, um, you know, people are exploring voice notes a lot, LinkedIn voice notes and LinkedIn video, uh, our organization. And, and it's really, really successful. We've got people that are fantastic at that. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, tell the people that are fantastic emailers that they have to do a certain amount of calls a day. Um, I, you know, I, so we really think about just like activity in general. Um, and as long as people, you know, people have, again, that, you know, that's the framework. And within that, people um, with the team have the freedom to, to kind of, um, you know, maybe spend a little bit more time on, on the things that they, they um, you know, they get the most success from. And what's success defined in, in your world? So if I'm making a lot of calls, I'm sending a lot of emails, or I'm exploring LinkedIn, I'd imagine there's a there's a there's another metric behind that that uh, matters a little bit more than the activities that makes this a little bit easier to to manage towards. What do you see as the uh, successful outcome of of the activities that the reps are producing in your world? Yeah, so for us, we we actually keep it really simple on meetings attended. So um, our, we we have a named account system. We give the um, we give the SDRs um, individual accounts and uh, or fifty accounts each that they're working from. Um, and then um, if they book any decision maker within sales and marketing, which was our kind of key areas, um, then then we will kind of reward them for it. We we kind of keep it quite quite simple in that that regard um and then it's really myself the sales development uh, the, the whole to be honest sales management team we have to focus on making sure that we're giving the right accounts over um to the to the sdr team to make sure that the, the, those meetings are, are actually like quality meetings in terms of turning into revenue but for, for our sales development function we want them totally like hell-bent on one thing and that is just like let me you know i'm going to do everything i can to get these people to to, to show up to a meeting with with my ae so um, yeah, that's that's the way it works for us. Is that how how often uh, how there's fifty accounts per SDR, and uh, what amount of time are they working those accounts? So it really depends. You have um, you know you you're always going to have in a team as big as ours, you're going to have people that kind of like rinse through you know things very very quickly, and and others that, that are very slow. But you know, generally speaking, I would expect people to. Um, if we give them 50 accounts on January the 1st of a year, I'd expect them to, uh, and we didn't replace any, I, I've, they'd probably get through them all in a quarter, maybe. Okay. So this is very targeted. When we go back to that first question, getting laser targeted, um, which makes a lot of sense about how do you, how do you enable an organization to be effective? Um, that's something that I think a lot of folks can learn from is, you know, not putting so much pressure on the SDRs to get out there and figure this out. 50 accounts over a quarter, you know, you've got to, you've got to get a little bit strategic. You've got to figure out and focus. Um, not, not a lot of AD, ADD happening there. Um, I like that. And so, uh, I think that's a, a really, really interesting account-based approach. Um, and it, it seems to be working with the Cognizant team as you, you all are, are scaling like a, a rocket ship over here. Um, how do you how do you keep the team up to date with uh, the latest and greatest? And it sounds like you're already doing a ton of training. 
Um, but how do you think about like actual sales techniques um, or new technologies? Uh, it feels like that's, I mean, obviously we're on LinkedIn. That's our audience a lot. Uh, there's just so much there. We, we talked about this earlier, like, hey, be in three years, it's, it's like you'd be left in the dust, but uh, it also could be a distraction. So what's the nice mix in your world? How do you bring it into the team? I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, that's a it's a really great uh, question. I I think um so firstly like uh, I will from from day one I'm I'm trying to hire people that I w- will actively seek education. I you know one of my interview questions is often um you know what what book are you currently reading or what you cur- currently learning about right is is a way of kind of understanding whether they're that that sort of um individual. I, I you know from there I think. I do want all, you know, as you say, there's so much content at the moment. We try and give access, like we try and give our team access to that. We're happy to buy them sales books if, if they if they need them. Um, but also we will, you know, we've got things like Sales Impact Academy, shout out Sales Impact Academy. We, we subscribe to their, to their training. And so again, like, you know, we're doing all our internal stuff, but the team can still go and actively seek more um from from those kind of portals you mentioned all the stuff on linkedin i think it's really important for me as 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 the leader to also be investing in 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 that as well i i'm um you know i often find myself in fact i literally enrolled yesterday into a um um, a pavilion course that's designed for sdrs as opposed to sdr leadership um and that's just you know i'm 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 hoping that there'll be a lot of stuff that I already know there, but like, I'm also hoping that there'll be a few things that maybe like I, I hadn't thought about so far that I can kind of like take and, and bring to the team. Um, but we've had a lot of success by, by, by building that culture in the team The um, we, um, the, we had maybe a year ago, one of the SDRs uh, came forward. I think they've potentially been looking at um, something by Josh Braun. Um, and um, they suggested a, a change to our script specifically for uh, following up. It's like content leads and like how we should go about, um, um, yeah, how the script should be for that. Uh, historically, we always just called people up and said, hey, what did you think of the, the content? Do you have any feedback? And that was the way we started. Um, and and he, he suggested that we make the switch to talking about their motivations for downloading it in the first place. And like, you know, suggesting a couple of motivations for downloading the, the piece of content as a way of building, building off of, off of that. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we tried it, we, we, uh, we were open to trying it and, and the success was immediate and, and fantastic. So you, I think it's really important that the management are obviously, you know, I'm, I'm trying to actively learn myself and, and, and always looking at kind of like new, new ideas, um, to take on, um, and re-educating myself in that way. But I also think it's really important the management are also like, um, listening to the feedback of the team, um, and, um, you know, just trying things, right. That, that, that's the key is just always be, be trying things out, trying new ideas the, the generally speaking, like, you know, as long as you're doing a controlled environment, there's very little to lose and a lot more to gain. So the education piece, the culture's ingrained from the beginning. Uh, how do you feel about the technology side? You know, uh, it seems that at least for me, I'm seeing more and more SDRs take initiative and try to get out there and, and, and explore tools on their own um, and uh, and just get that edge. Uh, or maybe they think that, maybe they think that the tools are gonna help them like, get the edge that they're looking for when they're struggling a bit. But uh, how does that translate into the way your team is uh, 
uh, designed? Do you give them some free yes. to check out tools or are you like, hey, I'll, I'll leave that to uh, leave that to leadership? No, for sure. For sure. We, 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 yeah, I, I, we love it when people come to us with new technology. I think, um, I think being, uh, uh, you know, a, a part of the sales tech, uh, sales tech stack ourselves. Um, I think we're very aware that having the right tools to, to support your sales team is, is always going to be vital. Um, I can actually give you a, a really recent example. We had an AE, um, William Gay, superb he um he's always he's, he's really on the pulse when it comes to new technology and he noticed a product called S- scratch pad so this is a, they're not they this is we're not partners but we should be uh with them um but scratch pad um it's it's a it overlays salesforce so i'm gonna sell this very badly but it basically overlays <laughs> salesforce and it makes salesforce just run at the speed of light and you can just import admin very quickly um and initially for the aes it was you know it obviously made sense because of the amount of like you know that them just adjusting um opportunity statuses filling in opportunities it really streamlined that and so uh, will brought it you know suggested for the aes um and uh, they they ended up investing in it um but back end of last year one of my um one of the sdr team uh, managers and, and sdrs came to me and um all of you and, and andy thomas came to me and said hey um you know we've we've checked out for the a's but we think there's something there for for the sdrs as well and so we ran a trial and um literally on monday we rolled it out for every sdr globally yeah already we're, we're seeing the impact in terms of like the the speed at which they can work the activity of the team so um, yeah, you've always got to be finger on the pulse um, when it comes to technology because it's just you know it's advancing so fast. You you don't want to be left behind. Yeah, I think I think that it's it's interesting culture because of how quickly things move and uh, it's it's amazing. Some of these tools are are definitely a huge distraction. Don't do a lot, but uh, but some of them can be you know can create exponential. Uh, efficiency in the in the process, or um, like you said, turning activities into what we really care about when it when it comes to outcomes, right? Uh, something mm-hmm. like Scratchpad's an amazing use case where, like, you don't pay your salespeople to update Salesforce; you, you pay it to uh, to get to the next opportunity to get that information in there is important, but uh, that's not the job, right, to be done. So I, I love that. Um, mm-hmm. How do you think about the uh, the gap between sales and marketing? There's this huge blurred line. Um, and you know, a lot of organizations have the SDR rolling up into marketing. Uh, I think it's like a 60, 40 split last time I've, I've heard who knows if that's real or not, but, uh, these reported stats, uh, uh which is, is pretty close, right? Some orgs have, uh, this scene still as a marketing function. Others see this as a sales function. What's your take on it? And how do you think that gap can be bridged at these organizations? Yeah, sure. So I think with regards to like, is it a sales function? Is it a marketing function? I think the key thing in in terms of managing them is is who is going to, um, who is going to give them the best support necessary. So I think for us, we see a lot of our SDRs move into AE and AM roles, and they're very phone heavy and and um, you know, I think overall we feel like it's our SDR function is a lot closer to a sales function than it is a marketing function today. Um, but you know, um, that if you've got marketers or if you if if the management on the marketing side is is kind of super, maybe they've managed SDRs in the past and they've really kind of that they're, they're the ones that that 
really understand sales development and and you're also overlaying that with all the the, the marketing techniques they have right um then then you know sure like let marketing manage them um so it, it all depends on you know who's just gonna who is gonna uh, give that team the, the most support um i think one really interesting thing that we've done here at cognizant is um um alice de Corsi, um so our cmo um myself as the sales uh, development leader and and uh, John Ida, the head of sales, we actually all own the same target. We're all on a revenue, the same revenue target, which I don't think a lot of companies do. I think a lot of companies will put marketing on MQLs, they'll put um, the SDR function on maybe like pipeline or, or or meetings, and then they'll obviously the 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 um, a the a management will be on um, re- revenue, uh, but to align all of that across the the board, it, I think really helps us because we are truly, you know, we're we're meeting very very regularly and 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 constant communication in terms of like how we can improve um, the, uh, you know, yeah, how we can just ensure that the 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 pipeline is across the board is is ultimately leading us to revenue at the end. So yeah, I think that's interesting. That's um, that's huge. I mean. Most organizations, like you said, have these different objectives, which theoretically are supposed to make sense because there's this handoff process, MQL, MQL to SQL, SQL to to revenue type of thing. But the reality is, as we all know, um, you know, you measure, uh, you measure or um, performance is going to happen with what's measured. And so, you know, there's going to be these different inputs. If, If I only care up to here, then you know, there's going to be debate. So the fact that you're aligned, it, it, it seems like that's a huge opportunity to um, make it a little bit easier. Um, has that helped, uh, in your opinion, the overall sales process? I mean, I haven't I, I I heard a lot of organizations that have aligned from CMO, sales development to sales all the way across the board. It's just revenue. How does that, how does that translate into the conversations you're having <laughs> internally yeah, yeah for sure I, I mean firstly it's fantastic i think you know we maybe a couple of years ago we we did have the more traditional um um targeting and and um certainly there was often a lot of you know like like any company as soon as you do that everybody's trying to defend their number um and it's, it's then easy to play the blame game so so firstly it's just completely eliminated any of that you know because we are pushing in the same direction but also i think it, it really helps in terms of i suppose it's just the little day-to-day decisions that, that really matter the the um you know i i'm really hell-bent on making sure that the accounts that the the, the team are booking um for for the aes are just you know the ones that are going to make us the most money physically possible right and and um whereas before i'm you know I'd, I'd obviously lean towards accounts that i think would be easy for us to 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 penetrate and get the meetings from so it making that switch is um you know as much as yeah as much as i, I you know i want the company to do well the 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 number that i'm targeted on is going to be the one that i care about so aligning it all has been has, has been absolutely vital i think as well marketing have um made some really interesting decisions about as uh, uh, you know and alice has mentioned this in in other podcasts about how we've we used to have a very had a really big content strategy gated content i think we looked at when you look at the numbers um really 
you know, we're getting a lot of leads and that's fantastic, but we're not seeing the revenue on the other side from, from those particular leads. And so um, now we've, we've changed the strategy going into this year where we're, we're ungating all our content. We're allowing our um, uh, customers to come on or our prospects to come on, um, read all about us, you know, really build the brand in that way. And then when the timing is right, we hope that on the back of that, they will then come to us and, uh, and um, you know, when they're in the market or in market for, for a tool, like they'll think of, of us first and 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 really like, you know, uh, inbounds have our highest close rate where content leads had a lowest. So that you're seeing that in action, right? Uh, from a, from a, um, from a marketing perspective and um yeah i suppose that's the best example i can give of how how we're being aligned has, has changed our focus that's another uh thing that this advancement in technology and and just the the landscape in general um allows for some of that stuff right you know you don't really need uh gated content when you, everyone's contact information for the most part is available you've got technology that can identify uh, account data in a lot of ways. Uh, obviously, you all are in the UK, so some of the privacy stuff's a little bit different, but in the US, like, you know, you get an incredible a lot of information once you jump on someone's website. So, um, you know, the, the, uh, the advancements of audience and what that is from uh, Facebook and LinkedIn and all these other platforms these days, you know, I think that's, that's, a, that's a prime example of this evolution. And, and figuring out again, how do we spend our resources with the right accounts at the right time? And it sounds like you've done an incredible job uh, as an organization and also, uh, you know, as a leader over there, David. It's really exciting here. Thank you for sharing uh, some of those things today. Uh, a couple more questions before we uh, we wrap up here. Uh, I know we're getting close to the uh, the end of our, our conversation today, but um, has I'm just trying to think about um, again this changing landscape a bit. And we've talked about this a little bit, but um, has the sales playing field changed at all? Like, you know, competition, this change of the tools, like how do you see how all of that works for you since the time you started to now, um, you know, in that evolution? Um, and I guess what I mean by that is just uh, you're seeing more or less competition. Is it, is it becoming easier, harder? Uh, you know, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts because you obviously have a huge culture of learning and then you know, having talked to Ilet uh, recently as well, you invest heavily in your people. And I'm just wondering what that's done for you as a leader and then what you're seeing in the market as well. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but I think um, we're certainly not just like a call heavy team like we were four years ago, where it's literally, you know, all you need to do all day, every day is make 150 calls and, you know, aimless calls. We try and be a lot more targeted. We try and be a lot more specific. Um, I think um, uh, technology has emerged, you know, four years ago, LinkedIn voice notes and video did not exist. Vidyard didn't, well, Vidyard might have existed, but, you know, certainly I wasn't aware of it. Um, uh, or Loom or, or whatever kind of, you know, uh, provider you use for sending sending video. So certainly like the touch points are changing or there's there's more touch points available um, than there were, you know, four years ago. I think the, the truth is from my perspective that um, I suppose the advancement in technology has allowed, uh, has, has made it easier and easier to, to um, create a lot of automated and automatic touch points with prospects. But I think prospects are now at the stage where they understand 
uh, a lot better what is an automated touch point and what isn't a, um, an automated touch point and i think prospects you know therefore like you need to be more human than ever and that's where voice notes video gifting you know like calling is 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 still incredibly effective for us um but we we're in the age that we're in now we need mobiles right we need to get people like on the phone um we you, you can't just call a uh, an office line and, and hope to get through anymore it's it's, it's so difficult to do so you need you're gonna need mobile numbers so that you catch them in their in people's um apartments and and you know so they can pick up their phone very quickly um and all of that like once you 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 get through like you're gonna need the the um the content that you're, you're pushing to to the prospects to be as as i say as human and, and genuine as possible and really break through the noise so you know we're really big on humor uh, and cognizant we try and uh, implore the the team just use their own personalities and humor uh, as much as possible um as a really easy way of, of of um trying to break through the noise so yeah i'd say that's the biggest shift shift that's happened i think i think the only other thing maybe on like a a, a personnel basis i think um, we obviously have a culture of education, which is great, but I think that's really what um, the, the people are demanding nowadays. Um, we're also really big on uh, micro promotions. I think today the the people just coming out of university or college, they really want to see fast progression. They want to see themselves like moving up, uh, moving up quickly, getting more responsibility very quickly as well. And so um, replicating the, the, the organizational structure in that way is, is going to be is going to be vital for attracting the right tra- the right talent. So that, that's my take. And you mentioned you mentioned content uh, a little bit in, in passing there and, uh, you know, content with the ungating versus gated and and now you've got this rise of intent data as well. How, how do you has that played a way uh, a difference in your approach? Are you guys using that? Uh, I know it's a part of Cognizant, but have you have you found it to work well? Does does it play into your strategy? And I'm curious to how that's going for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, we so we're obviously very lucky that we have this amazing partnership with Bombora um, as an organization, and and so we're able to use Bombora's data through Cognizant. It's all integrated seamlessly with our CRM. Um, I mentioned account scoring earlier. So the the um, the way that we automate a lot of that process is that we um, uh, we feed it into that account scoring system, so that uh, accounts that are showing intent are scored uh, more highly. And and you know, like it's it's no surprise that we're seeing a much higher conversion rate on on those accounts um, than than any other accounts. Um, uh, yeah, uh, ordinarily. So um, intent's a, a huge part of it. I think also we don't just say, okay, this account is showing intent. We also have an understanding of what they're looking into. So, um, you know, we, we have intent on our competitors. We have intent on, you know, that people might be looking at a, what I describe as a complementary tech. So for example, if, if, if companies are using sales loft or uh, outreach, um, type tool or a cadencing type tool, um, then that's a really big indication for us that they're going to need contact data like, like we provide. So understanding what topics that they're looking or, or yeah, where they're showing intent is going to be really important because then that again, shapes the messaging that we go with, um, for, uh, on the sales development side. Um, so yeah, intense, intense been a massive, massive, um, bonus for us, um, over the past year. So we just have a couple more minutes here and I want to make sure we don't miss the, uh, the important question. One more question and then we're going to wrap up with the, uh, the, the one we always like to show at the end of the, sh- the, the show here. But, um, do you have any advice for sales leaders who want to 
start to modernize their approach. You know, maybe they're not as lucky to work at, with such a technology-driven, uh, educational-focused organization, but um, they want to modernize their sales organization. Uh, what, 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 what tips do you have for them? Um, yeah, so I think, um, firstly, you have to. Like, I'm, you know, I just can't... Um, in terms of your hiring process, like people are going to be asking questions about the technology that you're using. The top talent are going to be asking those kind of questions. So you want to, you need it to attract the top talent. The best companies, if you look at all of the the, the fastest growing companies um, in the world, they've all got the best the the top um, technology to to go with it, and 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 that's because it gives them an edge. That's why these these companies are investing um, in these tools. Um, so yeah maybe like a mentality shift of like i just need technology is so so important for for my sales process is, is my first i suppose the first thing that i'd say and then second to that i think just having we mentioned that we recently rolled, uh, rolled out scratchpad i think most of these organizations um will offer kind of trials or you, you'll be able to um get access to it for, for a period of time i think having a really tight process when it comes to testing you know what testing these products is, is going to be really really important um so you understand what is um trash v treasure um and what's gonna you know end up being like a something that you you've added uh, nobody utilizes it and doesn't so um yeah just really think of and plan like you know if you if you're able to get access to to um a product that you want to try out like i think just um really um really planning what that trial period is going to look like for you and what your success measures are. Um, and, and, and then like on the back of it, if you are lucky enough to, 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 to get these tools, then you've just got to be hell bent on making sure that the whole team is also invested in using those tools and, and really think about like how, how your team can then, uh, like how you're going to get adoption from the team, uh, moving forward. So yeah, that, that would be what I say. Yeah, I think you're spot on. And if you're a sales leader that is not getting the tools, well, there's a lot of people hiring. So you want top talent, you want the best team. Uh, you probably should go to organizations who want to invest in these things these days. So uh, this is a great conversation today, David. Last question. If you had uh, an extra 50,000 pounds and someone mentioned the conversion in the US is about $70,000 uh, for your sales team, uh, how'd you spend it? um more people i know um i i what would i do i would um i'm looking at a few tools we as i say i'm black we're blessed at Cognizant. and we we really have like um we have a great tech stack already but um the stuff that i'm looking at maybe if anybody from these companies are listening they can reach out because i've i've kind of heard things is um uh oh i forgot the name now um there's a, a crisp.ai has a tool that apparently is um, telling people how quickly you're speaking as someone that uh, speaks very fast naturally, I think um, being able to that that kind of thing could like give you an edge, which is, is which is very cool. We're we're gonna we're, you know we're really big on gifting this year, and some you know like I'd probably invest quite a lot into into you know improving uh, maybe the, the gifting uh, part. But um, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I, I wish I'd prepared better for this this question. To be honest, Ryan, um, I think um, I'm I'm very fortunate that that you know we've got a great team and a great process, and and so the the truth is is the the most value I'd get out of that is um, hiring another SDR to to, to 
to to bring into the team and and you know go through our motions i think uh that would probably return me the, the most revenue at the end but i know that that's not very interesting for the listeners but you know that's that's the truth that's it's it's definitely interesting it was the first thing that came out of your mouth like oh, another person because <laughs> it's it's very, clear, <laughs> it's very clear that you know you feel like you have a lot of this stuff tight it's just about execution and getting great people in which is a testament of where you're at um if you're interested in that ai or especially on the coaching training thing there's a new tool i just saw called talk me up you should take a look at that one talk me up where it's like a uh, a training environment it, it does exactly that it teaches you how to actually work on your tone and pace and your, your visualizations so uh, it's another one uh, for those that might be listening uh, similar to maybe what this Chris AI is but hey david i know we're a little bit over on time thank you so much for joining us today and uh uh really really uh exciting story and, and thanks for sharing your thoughts around your journey from door to door to uh modern the true modern high velocity inside sales leadership um thanks again for your time today thanks so much ryan really a pleasure to be here